didn't even watch a movie this week. <laughs> I watched a movie. He didn't. Uh, yeah. All right. Welcome back to Finding New Films. It's episode 25. Preston's back. What's up? Yeah. Um, and this week we watched Blood Simple from the dreaded year of 1984. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> This week was my pick. Um, I the inspiration behind this pick was the Cohen brothers. I like them, so I wanted to watch their first movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, so it was a really interesting movie, I think. Um, and it's like a, it's almost like from a different era because this is one of the last films that Janice filmed produced janice films produced the great dictator from 1940 so wow okay yeah it was one of the last films that they uh that they were able to get their hands on it is a pretty good success uh they would later go bankrupt but um yeah that was another reason janice films going out of business and not being like one of the last things they had their name on nice it really was like an old style film yeah it was very, the- I want to say theatrical, but that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, it was very, like, I mean that in the way of, like, uh, like a, felt like a stage play on the... Yeah, very uh, dramatized, almost over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And with, especially through their, like, acting and everything. Uh, there's one performance we'll talk about specifically that's very over the top, but it's so good. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's about it with that so i guess we'll just jump right into it never gotten into it this quick but we'll do it um yeah so first that's the credits and when we get through that i'm gonna read the plot synopsis and then we're gonna talk about it and that's it so the first the credits blood simple was released in 1984 distributed by janice films the runtime was 99 minutes the writer directors were joel and ethan Hohen. Um, they also edited the movie, and they did that with Don Weigman. Music was done by Carter Burwell. The camera was done by future filmmaker Barry Sonnenfeld, who had gone to make the Men in Black franchise. Um, he also made something else that was pretty famous that I can't remember at the moment. When I'm going to look it up really quickly, why would it come up with Jerry Sonnenfeld, the author? Jerry Sonnenfeld, not Bear. <laughs> uh, That's such a weird... Men in Black. Excuse me. Men in Black. He also did The Wild West with okay. Will Smith, that movie where he was in a Western. Okay. And that giant ass spider. Sure. Okay. Uh, That's so... It is such a weird to just go from... And then he did The Adams Family. So. Okay, all right. That makes sense. I was going to say, it's so weird to just be Men in Black, but... Also, do the Adam's family that checks out. Okay, yeah, it's fun guy. <laughs> but yeah, he was the cinematographer on this. Um, no direct and credit and the credit uh, credits at all. So uh, very interesting to have someone that would become that successful being like an underling in this situation. That's full Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, I think Men in Black was pretty successful. Was it just the first three or like all seven after? No. It's the first three. Okay. Which the third one is probably the worst. 
I haven't even seen all of them. I've just heard this in passing. <laughs> uh, the number one apparently is probably the best. Uh-huh. Number two is all right. And then number three is like bad. Mm. And that's what I've heard. I do not know. So if you've heard, <laughs> comment down below your opinions on the Men in Black trilogy. Comment your thoughts on Men in Black <laughs> down in the comments to the blood the, the, video. The, the movie series Men in Black. Not just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not just any FBI agent. Yeah, not just any dude wearing the color black. Yes, wearing. Um, stars of the film, Francis McDormand, John Getz, Danny Hedaya, M. Emmett Walsh, and Sam Art Williams. That is actually everyone in the movie, so. There is a, a surprisingly few number of people. Yeah. You can tell this movie had a $1.5 million budget. And <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say very few, but I meant a lot of those spaces in the movie. You can tell this movie has a very low budget. Mm. I hadn't even, like, thought about it until just now. There, There is very few people in the movie. Even extras, there's, like, ten. Maybe There's one person that has, like, one line, and everybody else has at least, like, fifteen. Is it the, the kid by the car? That's the only person I can think of. Maybe it's two. Okay, because that was I, that was just a thing for me. I was not like a stat or anything. But I also don't even know if that kid talked. I think the PI just talked to him. I think there was a girl that was standing next to what's his name's character, uh, Marty's character. Yeah. There's another girl standing next to him. Yeah. I think she has one more. Okay, I don't remember. Oh, was that's one. right. It's like that's not a the girl that was girl. talking to um. Like the thing, Mary said the more. Yeah. Just <laughs> use the stand-in for like a face shot. Yeah, no, very few people in the movie. Yeah. And very few locations, like you said. Yeah. There's like four yeah, locations. Maybe. It's all the same. Yeah. Um. Let's just get into the plot so we can start talking about it. So I'm going to read the plot synopsis now. Um, yeah. Anyways. Here we go. The blood simple is as follows. Bartender Ray and housewife Abby are driving through a heavy downpour at night, discussing Abby's bad marriage to Ray's boss, Julian Marty. After gradually admitting they are attracted to each other, they stop at a motel and have sex. Lauren Visser, a private detective, <laughs> private detective, <laughs> a private detective, takes photos of the tryst and delivers them to Marty. Whoever wrote this used the word tryst. T R Y S T to be like they're in a. Can I get? Can you say them in a sentence? <laughs> uh, like it's like you're getting into a situation. Yeah. It's. <laughs> is there one prospector right there? He got himself in a tryst now. I get this is in Texas, but that's a little. It's how the private investigator talks. <laughs> uh, Okay, Abby grabs some belongings from home, including a small pistol Marty gifted to her and warns Ray to stay away from the bar. Instead, Ray goes and asks Marty for his unpaid wages. <laughs> Marty mocks Ray, predicting that Abby will betray him in the way that she did. Uh, she did Marty, and when confronted, will say, I haven't done anything funny. The next morning, Marty attempts to kidnap Abby from Ray's home, but she beats him up. Humiliated, he offers Visser $10,000 to kill the couple. Visser agrees and tells him to, quote, go fishing to establish an alibi. Visser breaks into Ray's home and steals Abby's gun. He presents photos of the couple's corpses to Marty as evidence. 
Marty goes to the bathroom to vomit and opens the safe to give Visser his fee. Surreptitiously, surreptitiously, sorry, placing one of the photos inside. Visser suddenly shoots Marty with Abby's gun, leaving it and taking the money. However, Visser doesn't realize his cigarette lighter is underneath the fish Marty caught on its trip. Uh, it is revealed that Visser doctored the photos of the couple asleep to look as if he shot them. Ray decided to confront Marty about his wages again, returns to the bar, discovers his body, accidentally discharging Abby's gun when he steps on her. Assuming Abby had murdered Marty, Ray puts the gun into Marty's coat pocket and the body in the backseat of the car while driving. He is shocked to discover that Marty is still alive, albeit barely. Ray drives into a field and buries, uh, sorry, begins to bury Marty in a shallow grave. Finding the gun, Marty takes an aim, <laughs> takes aim and pulls the trigger three times, failing on each chamber each time, sorry. Falling on an empty chamber each time, Ray gingerly takes the gun and finishes burying Marty as he screams in terror. A distraught Ray, I'm going to add one little sentence to the end of this one. Ray then freaks out at him still, like, moving around in the grave and beats his head with the shovel. <laughs> or where he thinks his head is going to be, because obviously he missed. Yeah, he packs it in real hard. <laughs> well, he obviously missed. Because of the end of the movie. Oh, no, you're right. I'm I'm mistaking. I just did the same thing that Francis McDormand does at the end of this movie. I thought it was white. Cheap. Anyway, uh <laughs> I just talked myself through the whole movie again. Yeah. Um Ray puts the gun in Marty's coat. Uh Ray drives into a field against Barium. Ray takes the gun, screams in terror, and then beats his head in with a shovel while he's buried under the ground. A distraught Ray goes to Abby's new apartment and tries to explain that he, quote, cleaned it all up. She, unnerved by the blood on his clothing, says, quote, I haven't done anything funny, which disturbs him further and leads to an argument. Visser calls the argument, uh, so calls the apartment, but does not speak when Abby picks up. She assumes and tells Ray that it was Marty. Horrified, he drops the gun as he leaves. Later, he is confronted by Maurice, the other bartender, who tells him about a phone message Marty left regarding money stolen from the safe. Marty's cover story for the $10,000 he paid Visser. While burning the doctored photos, Visser realizes that Marty kept one and he cannot find his lighter. Knowing these can implicate him, he returns to the bar and attempts to break into the safe, but is thwarted by the arrival of Abby, who thinks the damage to the safe was caused by Ray and starts to realize Marty might be dead. Later, she has a nightmare about Marty, warning her that Ray will kill her as well. She goes to confront Ray, who, now thoroughly confused, uh, uh, tells her that Marty was still alive when Ray married. <laughs> While Abby tells Maurice about her suspicions, Ray goes to the bar himself and, uh, opening the safe, discovers the doctored photo. Believing Abby is in danger, he realizes someone is following him on the way to her apartment. When Abby arrives to discover Ray sitting in the dark, she turns the lights on, thinking it will protect her from her. Visser, who is on a rooftop across the street with a rifle, then shoots and kills Ray. Abby manages to smash the light bulb with her shoes and hides in the bathroom. Entering the apartment, Visser searches Ray for the lighter, which was overlooked by everyone, and goes into the bathroom, only to find Abby's climbed out the window into the next apartment. When he reaches around the window, she stabs him with Ray's knife, pinning his hand to the sill as she backs away in shock. Visser empties his gun into the wall, then punches it through to remove the knife, uh, punches through the wall to remove the knife. 
Returning to the apartment, Abby picks her gun up and shoots Visser through the bathroom door. Abby says, quote, I'm not afraid of you, Marty. Visser, lying mortally wounded on the floor, bursts into uh, laughter and responds, Well, ma'am, if I see him, I'll sure give him a message. And that was pleasant. Um, <laughs> that, that was blood simple. That is, um, it wasn't very blood simple in the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, that was, the plot's pretty convoluted. Yes. For how short it was. I didn't think it would try to throw that many twists and turns into it. And I guess for... 1984 and not being a sci-fi movie yeah yeah there was a lot going on i was really surprised and then uh i don't even really know if it's much is going on like what actually happens and what's going on is not really the thing it's like how they all assume what's going and it is really the the story and how the story like progresses is by what they assume about each other that and then i feel like the like overall feeling of fear that everybody has throughout the whole movie yeah paranoia yeah just kind of sits with everyone mm -hmm. but they're all paranoid about different things mm -hmm. and through the movie you're finding out who they are and why they're paranoid about that thing mm -hmm. it's really interesting you guys are good writers i think they're gonna be good one day that's crazy <laughs> they uh, i think i think they even do some really cool stuff if they make something of themselves that'd be crazy yeah I will be really surprised to see that. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read through the themes really quick. I have like seven. Uh, I have deceit, companionship is salvation, loss of innocence, manipulation, the consequences of assumption, lying, temptation, and destruction. That's it. I just want to point out this movie is continuing the feeling that Women always win the divorce. <laughs> That's what you got. <laughs> That's what you got. All right. Just saying, he died. I mean, she got to live. Lynn Bowden died. She didn't die? No, like both of the men. All the men. Yeah, yeah, all the men died. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? No. <laughs> no, not at all. If you count her talking to herself as counting as passing her. The talking to another woman about something, right? Uh, but it's about a man, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been. She would have just been like, hey, can you help me kill this guy? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Sure. You know how women are. They did a lot of killing men. Yeah. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> uh, my first thought says, Texas is rough. I don't even know what that's in reference to. It's just... Texas is rough. I mean, they were all damn sweating their asses off throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Especially damn Visser yeah. and Marty. Both were sweating bullets. Visser's character is so good. I like his character a lot. Just yeah. not. No, I'm not. Not likable. His character was good. It's I uh I struggled understanding it for a lot of the movie. I had yeah. captions on and that helped a lot. <laughs> I, I have to watch everything with captions at this point and I can't. Yeah. I can't even do it. Uh, but his character is so interesting. Just being this guy who's like, who plays dumb in, in conversation with others, but is secretly just like this conniving 
person. Yeah. Um, that was a really interesting dynamic. And then the way he played it, it being so, uh, not prophetic, because that's not the word, but uh, it like had me on idioms and stuff like that and just weird sayings. Mm-hmm. Southern. He's just a Southern person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he he plays Texas really well. Yeah. Um, I actually have never seen this guy. And he's still alive. Is that not the guy that was in... No, that's not the guy that was in Men in Black. I don't. That was Marty's character that was in all the Men in Black movies, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I've seen... I went and looked him up. He looked like he was in a few stuff and mm-hmm. other things that were all right. Nothing really. But... He fell off for real. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I just really like this performance. I yeah. thought it was good. Yeah. I have my next note that says the intro scene is interesting. All the cars passing through the lights, just like the the way that they set up the because that kind of rides the vibe. Just you know, it it sets up the, the movie like the whole movie itself was dark and that really set up the to let you know right from the beginning hey this movie's gonna be dark <laughs> but we're gonna have a lot of lighting that is gonna go by and show you stuff but it's gonna be dark both physically and metaphorically yeah uh it's it's one of the weirdest movies um dialogue wise that I've seen in in a while, I mean, I watched the movie from 1940 the other day, and this has much weirder uh, dialogue. Because they just don't, none of them have conversations. They all just kind of say things to each other and, like, say things at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, John gets his character. He, he gives a good performance, but I don't understand his character through a lot of this movie. Not, yeah. like, and what he's saying, but yeah. his actions and stuff. Yeah, I put down. He was dumb. <laughs> like he, he, like why would you? Why would you take the body? That is not your. <laughs> that is not your fucking responsibility. Even if you want to help Did, her, bro, you just take her somewhere, like or take the gun. That's mine. Why are you staying within 40 miles of this incident? If you're so afraid of, like, oh, someone's watching us or someone, like, oh, I'm just going to go back to my apartment. Yeah. Someone's following me. Oh, I'll just go home. Mm-hmm. What? That was, there was a lot. And, like, uh, one of the other things was I don't know how advanced they were in 1984 in, like, forensics and stuff. <laughs> but, like, they were wiping the fingerprints off. And I was like, did they have fingerprints? I think they had fingerprints. I, well, that's kind of, I was watching with my girlfriend and we kind of came to the conclusion like, yeah, they had fingerprints, but probably not like DNA testing. Yeah. And so you just look at them and be like, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, why would you not just take the gun? Like, if that's what you're concerned about. Right. Or leave. <sighs> yeah, he was dumb. He was pretty dumb. Yeah. Very Texas guy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But then he had the balls to damn bury that dude alive. Yeah. What the hell, bro? You must really love that woman. <laughs> or hate your boss. Imagine hating your boss. Poor Kano Lostos. Why can't we have a Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
I also put down the about the, about it being dark. I feel like there was a lot of uh, like symbolism with the lighting that I do not comprehend. Yeah, I'm I'm too much of a layman to understand all that stuff. But I I imagine there was a lot the way that the lighting was. I I for me that one scene where he's burying he has the shovel stuck into the dirt and, and it's sticking out. Um, that like was giving me some Pet Cemetery mm-hmm. vibes. I think that was what it was trying to do because then when you see him in the dream sequence you're like no I did so I thought that was a nice touch there's one interesting thing about this movie actually that uh, the director's cut came out a few years later and it's one of the few director's cuts that is shorter than the theatrical version of the movie the theatrical version 99 minutes from the the re-release, remaster, director's cut, whatever, was 96 minutes. What did they cut? Just random scenes, like just random shots of, like, that lingered for too long in their opinion, or just stuff that didn't feel like it was necessary. So, some of that dark, like, eerie bullshit might just be things that they, with their editor, Mm. like the editor they were working with at the Mm. time, was like, well, you gotta keep this, Mm. but they have been you know, working on movies for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it came out. I think it was like maybe 10 years later, mm-hmm. but they had been working on a few other movies. So I think they had a better idea of, of editing mm-hmm. and maybe that was why that happened. But I would be interested to see what they changed mm-hmm. or what they took out because there is some stuff in here that feels a little bit like it's uh, throwing you off the track of what you're supposed to be looking for uh, and like kind of takes away from the idea of the movie or not even an idea but just the plot in general yeah just kind of like okay so why did we just see them standing around in this room right there now? definitely were some of that where it's like this is you're going too long so yeah there's like a few scenes where mcdormand kind of just walks around the room and she just like is looking around and then like i i don't know if i need to see this to yeah. be honest with you this is probably a waste of my time i will say the one scene, I think it was when they were in Ray's house when they were arguing. That scene was so long. Like, I mean, it was easily 10 minutes of them just talking. I was like, this is draining right now. Holy shit. And the movie is not preparing you to, for talking. Either. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're going to plot this big talking scene. Right? Yeah, well, it was a bunch of scenes that were two minutes, three minutes, a minute and a half, 10 minutes. Right. He's like, Whoa, we've been standing in this room for far too long. Let's get a move on, please. At least change the scene or go outside. Yeah. <laughs> there is definitely that aspect of it where it, you're like, ah, this is someone's first movie. Yeah. And they are definitely finding, you know, their voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's the. Uh... There was a lot of this in this movie where it was. It would slow down, and they would talk for a bit, and then it would, something would happen, and it would go really fucking fast all through it. Like, when he got shot, it was like, boom, he's shot. Okay, well, now Ray's here. He finds the body. Oh, shit, we got to get rid of the body. Now he's driving. Yeah. And now he's burying them. Like, we're, whoa. And then they start arguing, and it goes 10 minutes, and I'm like, what are you doing? It was a lot of, uh, the pacing was just weird. Yes. I can see that. It was very... Um, just out of order sometimes yeah. in the way that it should have like the way time was allocated 
to like you're saying is probably a little weird. Yeah, but I also maybe that adds to the um the suspense of it. The suspense or the feelings to bit you into the into the place of the characters, right? Ray shot found the body and got super frantic. So they sped up the pace to make it more frantic. And then them dropping that line about him being a veteran. Like and, and like feeling like he had to kill him mm-hmm. or he's gonna be uh you know, Seth is bought. Mm-hmm. Not like he's just a random girl mm-hmm. he's fucking with, and then, you know, he's gonna bury her boyfriend. It's like his boss. So his boss sees his face, knows exactly who did it. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna, he's got to do it if he wants to, you know. Which is just hilarious because if he hadn't done anything, he would be fine. Marty would have gone after Visser. Yeah. Or died. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Bro, like, he would have either died in the bar or gone after Visser, but now you're there. Well, now he's got to try to shoot you. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, I also like the, um, what's the rule where if you show a gun in the first act, you better use it by the third? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So they showed when she got her gun that she had three bullets. And then I was counting down the bullets as they used them. So he shot Marty with one and then kicked the gun and that used one. And then when he, when Marty attempted to shoot him and you heard all three clicks, I was like, oh shit. Because you know, there's six, right? Yeah. So you're like, well, there's, there's the other one. When's that going to get used? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that scene. I, I'm pretty sure they were trying to mirror um, God touching David. Mm-hmm. That thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Don't, don't mm-hmm. answer. Don't know why they were trying to. Does life imitate art or art imitate life? Yeah, right. <laughs> but he really did. And he like, he like soft hand reached over. Yeah, and grabbed it. What did the synopsis uh, say? Gingerly, he was yeah, yeah super ginger. He's like, yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just gonna come on. Yeah. Also, dude. Well, I guess it hadn't been fired. I was gonna say the gun after it's just been shot is hot as a hell. Yeah. You know when you did that, but it hadn't been shot. So. <laughs> yeah, those that scene is so funny. Yeah, You're just like no. Um, I have. It was one of those funny scenes in a not funny movie. <laughs> There's a lot of those in this one. I have this one scene. This is one of them, actually. The scene where he threatens the old man with the fact that the Grecian used to behead the messenger because they didn't like the message that the messenger brought. And, uh, like, Marty using that as a way to, like, kind of intimidate Visser a little bit. And Visser just replies, well, number one, I'm pretty sure we got strict laws regarding that. And number two, I ain't the messenger. <laughs> he said, give me a call when you want to cut my head off. I can always call around without it. It was just so. If I live around people like that, whenever stuff like that gets put on screen, I always just laugh because it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he plays it so well. He's yeah. such a like feels like a real person. Yeah, and he even like I can always crawl around without it. Like he's buying in that he's just a fucking parasite. Like, yeah, he knows. He's he's on board. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm just a dirty PI. Like yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I mean, I know your worth, know yourself, you know, mm-hmm. or flip that, but. Uh, you know that I, he played it so well. I just believe it so much. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's a real person, uh, and it helps you buy in to when you saw the pictures that we were like, "That's fake." 
Yeah. Those pictures are fake. I yeah, I can almost tell immediately. I was like, there is no way mm-hmm. they just killed the main characters and yeah. they just not Willie after this. So Well, I didn't know if he was gonna kill Marty or if he was just gonna take the money and run it. Yeah. Right? But I just knew the picture fake. I was like or if they weren't, I mean what's gonna happen? I think it may have been a better movie if Visser takes the money, runs, and Marty's gotta do it himself. Maybe they give Maurice a little bit of a bigger role. Okay. I like it's, the movie how it is, though, with like all of the assumptions mm-hmm. leading to <laughs> Visser getting killed mm-hmm. down an accident, really. Am I crazy for saying that when I first saw Maurice, I was like, hey, is that OJ? And then I was like, no, that's not OJ. Okay. <laughs> Just for a second, he looked like young OJ when OJ was in movies. I don't remember. Okay. Honestly. Maybe maybe that's my bad, but I just I was like, hey, that kind of looks like OJ. I don't want to say yes. Then they zoomed in, and I was like, okay, that's not OJ. Let me let me just take a look at it real quick. <laughs> Art, I think his name was Sam Art Williams. Yeah, he's a playwright. Whoa, damn. They do not have a picture. What's your <laughs> I think we're about to go to break. Uh, catch us back when we come back from break. We will we're gonna look at Sam Art Williams real quick. Uh, and we'll be right back. We'll let you know if he looks like OJ. We're back. Kind of looks like OJ. Kind of, yeah. Uh, he had, like, hair. He had, like, a little a little pumped up. A little, like, a short fro. Mm-hmm. Very short fro. Like a like a OJ in the movies yeah. type fro. In the airplane. That's where I think of OJ. It was an in airplane. I don't think. Oh, not airplane. Uh, I'm sorry. Is it the um the naked gun? He was in. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I a Leslie Nielsen movie yeah. is what I meant to say. <laughs> no, I don't think OJ looks like Kareem. Okay, sure. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, I enjoy that every character except for uh, fuck Ray. Every character except for Ray is pretty smart. Nathan and Ray is just. A dumbest guy in the world getting thrown into the worst situation. Um, throwing himself, really, but uh, yeah. Abby sure knows how to pick him. <laughs> yeah, maybe Abby's not that smart either, but. Um, and maybe Marty isn't either. Maybe I should just rethink that whole note. <laughs> Maurice was pretty smart. Visser was really smart. Like you said, played stupid. Um, uh, Abby. Abby was okay, you know, she started connecting some dots and then Ray was just dumb. Yeah. Marty was just egotistical. Addie's biggest thing is that she just jumped to conclusion. Mm-hmm. I was the biggest character lapse for her, but I wouldn't say that's because she's dumb. She's just looking out for herself. Mm-hmm. But she, she did kind of put herself in that situation in the first place. Yeah. We didn't even ever hear, like, why they were fucking well why her and marty were fighting like why if they were getting a divorce or what we didn't hear anything about that just kind of they just started in the car i hate my husband okay then women get lonely apparently sounded like he was raking in the big bucks he had 10 g's in 1984 to just drop like on killing people yeah so like he had some damn money it sounds like his bar was working he didn't have any connections, though. They had to go to Visser. Yeah. 
she was too hot for him anyways. Mm. Uh, and right? I, my next my next thing says the bar owner of playing an NBS man was done really well. That he like showed it. Mm-hmm. He played it really well. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Say. But uh, like his his envy was palpable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be fucking mad too, dude. <laughs> I don't know about killing her. That's a little much, but that, yeah. That first her. little monologue when he was like, oh, are you trying to be funny? Yeah. Like, you know what's you know what's going to be funny? I was like, hell yeah. That's sick. Get it, Marty. Get it, Marty. Yeah. It's going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to fucking die laughing. Mm-hmm. Hey. And so are you. Hey-o. Hey-o. Yeah, I the so like the we talked about it like the little bit of like the how dramatic the tone of the movie is and the acting. I thought it really was a good contrast with how slow and subtle the movie was, and it. Um, and a lot of people wouldn't have been able to make it work, but I feel like it really works. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a ju- a good juxtaposition because I think it, I think it feeds into the the lie and the deceit. You know. And I think it was uh, kind of like with the pace where it would get slow and fast and slow and fast, the the dramatization would go with that, right? So when they're slow and they're just talking, it's pretty normal. Again, like you said, they're not normal conversations. They're not. Yeah. These people are, these are movie conversations, right? But then when things ramp up and get fast, they are acting way over the top. Yeah. When he was burying Ray, and he's just like, <laughs> I was like, okay, bro, chill, bro, chill. I know you're digging a hole, like, yeah, yeah, and then all the cuts were like fast from him digging to throwing the dirt, digging, throwing the dirt, digging, throwing the dirt, and in the background, he's, <laughs> you know, where I would have been even like that when his fucking car stalled. In the middle of that field. <laughs> oh my god. And yeah. my heart would be beating out of my chest. Uh-huh. You just buried a man and murdered him. Finished him off. And it's like. Yeah. No. The fact that it went for so long too. Yeah. I thought I thought they were going to have him not be able to listen. I thought that would have been a great plot point. But I also like just the irony of like. Oh no it's nothing. That was one of those scenes where it almost felt like it lingered too long yeah but i think it was just enough to give you that suspense of oh shit yeah and then it turns on i was like oh my god that's so funny man um them planning that murder was pretty sinister what were you gonna say though i was i shot up to him with his old wagon oh yeah yeah it was a station wagon right i think or was it a no, it wasn't a wagon, but it was like one of them old, long ass cars with the like old, big old bench seats that he was. He threw Ray in. Stop texting. Shut up. Um, one of my notes: the fucking dog in the apartment was really cool. Mm. Or as a way to just be like, you and then her sneak attack him getting his ass kicked by his girlfriend i'm like oh you kind of ruined the bill yeah yeah facts they ruined the bill like they put over francis as like a strong woman mm. but then you put over marty as like this bitch mm-hmm. and, uh, 
that was probably the intention, but I don't know how. I don't know if that should have happened so early. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was one of those things that was weird where I was like, she got the sneak attack and she still kicked his ass. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to her then. Like he's playing a shithead villain, you know, but he's also like. He's such a shithead that he gets fucked up and then he becomes conniving. Mm. I don't, I don't know if that tracks perfectly for me, but well, it's uh, rare that a villain, I guess, tries to outthink the hero, mm. as opposed to just brute force. Just I'm, I'm super strong, you know. And that's why people like Killmonger so much. See, like outthought Black Panther. Yeah, I think that was definitely um, one of those ones where it was differing viewpoints that people could see both sides so um but i think very different from this where i think from the beginning we were like bro why are you hiring fucking kill on bro is it that serious it's not no it's not no it's not <laughs> it's so it's so unnecessary to need feel the need to kill her yeah she doesn't like you dog like move on you're so embarrassed. You're willing to waste ten thousand dollars. That's wild. Literally, maybe it's speaking to the fragility of the male ego. I don't know. It could be part of it. Like I said, he was very ego driven. Yeah, pretty much his whole character. So, yeah, probably. Uh, but so was Ray. Honestly, I think a lot of. Like Ray going straight to the bar when she was like, "Don't go to the bar." He goes to the bar. I think that a lot of that was like him just being like, "Yeah, I'm fucking your girl." Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like she had a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, I'm too. fucking your girl, and you owe me money. Yeah, exactly. You know, but when Marty was like, "Go fuck yourself," I'm not paying you. I was like, "Hell yeah, I wouldn't pay him either." Yeah, that's the weird thing. I agree with Marty and and uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. I I agree with the bunch of their situation. Or I can empathize with both of their situations, mm-hmm. but I don't. I won't. I don't agree with <laughs> with anything they do. No, but uh, I can empathize with both of their situations and why they feel the way that they feel. Yeah, it mm-hmm. it totally makes sense for Ray to be like, "Hey, I'm fucking your wife, so I'm gonna quit." But I like my money, and it makes a lot of sense for Marty to be like, "No, no, because you're fucking my girl. Yeah, you're fucking my wife, isn't it? You know, I'll straight up kill you right now." It's 1984 in Texas. There are no laws saying I have to pay you. <laughs> or that I can't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, Marty's notes here I have says that nervous, sweaty cowboy is a great. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Walt. Or the, what's the name? Visser. Visser, yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. He was sweating like all movie. Yeah, and then um, when Marty gets the news that they uh, that they're killed, he goes immediately to the bathroom to wash his hands. Mm-hmm. He's just like, "It's not on me. I didn't do this." I'm like, "I thought well, he went to good. he went to puke." Yeah, and then and I and then he felt like he. Well, when I when he went to puke, I kind of was like, "He's doing something there." I don't know what he's doing. If he's gonna keep the pictures or what. And then he ended up swapping out the thing with one of the pictures. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what he did. But it was one of those things where I was like, is he really puking? Or is he just going in there making a bunch of noise and trying to be conniving? I also think he just kind of felt guilty and he had to like wash his hands of guilt. Mm. 
that was at least what I thought that was doing as a metaphor. Kind of man. Could have very well. For sure. Um, Speaking of hands. Yeah. At the end when she stabs through his hand. Yeah. I was like, I'm sure. Yeah, I was reading that part and I was like, oh yeah, Preston probably hated that. Yep. And the whole time he's like, I'm like, stop moving your hand. What is wrong with you? You're making it worse. <laughs> and the fact that she jammed it in and twisted it. <laughs> There's never been a something that I've seen in a movie where, well, I don't want to say never, because I've watched John Wick, but um, in a movie that's not specifically meant to be an action movie or a I kill 200 people over the course of two hours movie, uh, I've never really seen something that real violent. I guess Tarantino's movies, but uh, yeah, that was the other thing. That was really. It's really, really violent and really realistic. Yeah, like it just—that's how you want to. And when he dad do that, when he gonna... pulled it out real slow, I was like, "Yo, that looks like it's in his hand. That's crazy." Yeah. So, small budget, but good VFX team, mm-hmm. practical VFX at least. And then I really enjoyed the the camera work when he's shooting through the wall, and they just have that backlight, like mm-hmm. spotlight peering through the wall. I thought that was cool. I. The whole time he was shooting, I was like, girl, you're dumb. <laughs> what her name? Yeah, why are you standing there? All he has to do is turn the gun this way, and you're dead. Like, what are you doing? You better moves. Yeah. And then when she shoots him and has that, has that great line, I knew she was going to be like, fuck you, Marty. <laughs> and and Viscera just ends the movie on a great line. <laughs> that one was... Well, man, I'll see him. Oh, God. That's so good. Um, And I like that he didn't, like, speak throughout the whole thing. If he had been walking through, saying all that dumb redneck shit, Mm -hmm. like, throughout walking through the whole building, that would have been really annoying. Mm -hmm. But... uh, but he was being like a burglar, being real quiet. It was realistic. It was cool. I liked it. And then to have him finally like be like ah well i guess don't really need to keep it in now <laughs> yeah after he gets shot i, uh-huh. I, I enjoy all the, all the little touches and then the line is just incredible yeah so um and the sniper i was like you're going crazy bro no way you got a popper in that dead ass you're posted up across the street from her new apartment just ready to you're why would you cheat on your husband and then buy an apartment with like with what are those windows called? The giant ass, like gothic style windows, gothic style glass window. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, with no curtains up whatsoever. And shout out to Ray for being smart. Yeah, honestly, at that point, that was one of the smartest things he did. He was like, "I'll keep the lights off." And she was like, "What that?" So he died. Yeah. So you die. Yeah, I'm just gonna kill you. How about that? So, so actually, you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm. Turn- and stupid. If I turn the light on, you'll die, not me. I know you're a war veteran and all, but I think I know a little more about it. <laughs> yeah, my ex-husband hired a private investigator. Yeah. I know a lot about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Anything else that we really need to, to talk about? I, I did like how John Getz played Ray's PTSD and how he, like, He'll bring it up. He feels like he wants 
talk about it mm-hmm. and then it just kind of like he buries it in some way mm-hmm. or, or hits him with the um all right or you know type of thing yeah it seemed like it would like hit him and she'd be like are you good and he'd, be, he'd have to be like yeah i'm fine like he wants to say no right talk about it right but he's just like i'll be all right yeah I, it was really good. I liked the subtlety of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool. Toxic masculinity. Let's go. Making another appearance on the podcast. Hell yeah. Is it in the room with us right now? <laughs> <laughs> also, him packing up his boxes with string. Yeah. Chilled me. <laughs> like, they didn't have damn tape, bro. <laughs> they didn't have tape. Are you serious? You're using string, taking taking twine. Yeah, twining, that ass. And cutting it with a damn big ass knife, bro. My dad. <laughs> I didn't have no tape, so we just tied him up in twine. Yeah. <laughs> so your dad's gonna move to his next house. Yeah. <laughs> I had this extra ball of twine in the garage. <laughs> I had a whole bundle of twine down there, and so just thought I'd tie him up. It was hiding back there behind the lawnmower. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's really it. It was a short movie. Uh, and pretty strong. Oh, I wanted to point out the fishes uh, metaphor was pretty cool. Is a metaphor for those fish? Sleeping with the fishes. That's how she walked in there and saw the fish and was like, oh, fuck. He's I, dead. I didn't even think about that. I just know that it. Smelled like two cans of bounce that ass in that room, bro. <laughs> it was bad. No, dumb. Back. I hope that this is fucking. We back. And we back. <laughs> yeah, that room had to smell like shit. Yeah, well, because you saw how bad they were sweating in that room. And then you put some fish in there, and that fish was in there for a couple of days, bro. And a dead body. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. A lot of blood. <laughs> Ray trying to... Yeah. Ray trying to wipe up the blood with his wind laker. Bro. Bro. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. I'm like, bro, you're just spreading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First of all, if you've ever tried to clean anything up with a windbreaker, you know that doesn't happen. Windbreaker don't soak nothing up. And blood just smears. What are you doing? I would have just, I would have seen it, seen the puddle of blood, and I'm like, I'm out. Just back away slowly. And we leave. Stupid. Yeah, Ray's a really cool guy. <laughs> I'd love to have a beer with Ray, but never had a beer with Ray. No. I don't even think I'd want to work with Ray. No. No, because somebody would spill a, spill a beer and he'd go try to clean it up with his fucking windbreaker. <laughs> no, then you got to go behind him and clean it up. No. <laughs> I'll go get a beer with him until he spills it. Yeah. Raises it, raises it, I don't care. 
It's my turn. Yeah. All right. I guess let's put this on the list. Can we? Uh, one of us has to go. Oh, very much so. I'll go first. That will give it a seven points. Whoa. A point six? We're allowed to go point six? Oh. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Hey, 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 hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to be right there. Thank you. Um, I hadn't thought about my score prior to now. I think I'm going to go with... Let's do a 5.9. I want to do a 6, but not strong enough. I, after getting done watching this movie, I was like, Preston probably didn't write. No, it was okay. I, 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 I knew. Well, it's to be honest with you. I didn't think it was a thriller. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was. A drama, yeah. 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 And it's... And it's... Well, I like a thriller, but I honestly. I'm not big into movies older than, like, the mid-90s. Anything older than that, I'm kind of... It takes me out of it. You know, I lose the, uh, what is it, the sense of disillusionment or whatever it is. You know what I'm trying to say. The realism. I, I can't put myself in it. Yeah. Just because... We grew up seeing those movies, and then anything. Yeah, the only movie that I watched recently from that period of time that adds out usually felt like it didn't date itself. Yeah, are because that movie has nothing to do really with society, other than like you know the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the sound is usually what does it for me. Um and the sound in this movie was eighties. But the music in this movie was fucking fire. All of it. That the one song that they played. Yeah, they played it during all the Parts where hey we're killing Marty okay all those parts and then there was the other one at the end when Visser was in there I was like this music is whoever did the music fucking fire I need to watch their movies because that was sick it was Carter Burwell hell yeah I'm gonna look him up and even the music that wasn't um yeah I the music that wasn't custom um was even that was great. Yeah, I, I agree. And music was really cool in this movie. Uh, and I feel like it wasn't overpowering ever. Mm-hmm. Never too much. The cinematography was really cool. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of close-ups. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of cool stuff with lighting. And just kind of what you have to do when you have a $1.5 million budget. David. Uh, yeah, I just... You know, as far as movie making goes, yeah, I could have had more going on. I could have had more natural characters. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, and especially, I mean, for being from the 80s with a small budget, it was good. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie, I give these guys. Yeah. And after this, they would go on to make, I think, Reason Your Eyes Honor was their next. Okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, I know the main character is a girl named Arizona because they're racist. Fling. They're killing me. Is Johnny Depp in that movie? Or do I feel like he is? Okay. Unless I'm being crazy. I think that's the only thing I know about that movie. Nicholas Cage? Yo. Francis McDormand is... Oh, there's an army Paris on There's the... Huh. Nathan, Arizona. TJ can... Oh, yeah. There we go. Well... To watch it on stars. Who? <laughs> I do it. For uh, F&F self tapes. Oh, Scotty. Yeah. Prime, but Prime has this thing called free. Okay, I've heard of it. Free, and they play it seven to eight ads during an hour and thirty minutes. So it's like cable. <laughs> they got to make an hour and a half movie into two hours, so you can get a half an hour of ads. <laughs> Not. It's not like, oh, here's eh. a like dub ad. It's a bunch of different ads for two minutes. But you get to watch the movie for free. <laughs> I mean, I kind of have to like, I have to buy all these things. Every ad you watch, you have to. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. It really. It really sucked when I saw a Summer's Eve ad like that. What am I gonna do with that? He would Lambert Keith. There's two hundred fifty thousand dollars down the drain. Holiness. It's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Thank you for coming on our show. <laughs> uh, no, I was talking about those uh, summer. <laughs> the only you've not hurt. Well, uh, they're no longer with us, Hunter. So, um... <laughs> fuck y'all. Um, so for next week's FNF, I have no clue. This... Let's go. Let's... When I asked, who can do it? So, uh, I think it's going to be my dad, just because it is easy. And then Jeff got all the takes. And he's pretty open. Got a pretty open schedule. Um, and then yesterday, this comes out Friday. Yesterday, I posted a late, which is today where I'm filming. I, yeah. Hold on, what? Is that how it works? <laughs> oh my God. Self tapes yesterday. Uh, it was a belated um, Juneteenth episode. We watched Malcolm X. Uh, I watched Malcolm X. 
you didn't watch it. Uh, I watched that movie and reviewed it. And so that came out yesterday and this upcoming Monday. I uh, watched me review Morgorri Kalar. Yeah. And then next Friday will be my pick with my dad, uh, more than likely. So be on the lookout for that. Also be on the lookout for Greg and Jeff. Uh, give the hi hat comes out Sundays on or at midnight. So um, there's that too. So me and my dad's friend and his, or sorry, my dad and his friend, and uh, they talked about random stuff. Last week they talked about casinos and new North Carolina casino law. And I have no clue what they talked about this week, but I'm sure it's funny. Well, yeah, relatable. Uh, so check that out. Uh, subscribe. Like the video, follow us on Spotify if you're uh, listening on audio. Uh, rate the pod. What else can you do? You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow press or actually probably. Oh, is it? Don't even bother. Follow me on Instagram. You can follow Q Crew on Instagram. You can follow finding new folks on Instagram. So go do that. I think that's it. Any closing remarks? <laughs> well, man, if I see him, I'll sure be giving the message. <laughs>